0: You're
1: very welcome back to the programme. Sport Ireland recently launched their Get Ireland Active campaign. It's Sports Ireland's national digital database, which is the definitive resource for information, advice, directions and tips for people of all ages and abilities anywhere in the country to get active and take full advantage of the amenities around them. It's the first project of its kind in Ireland, and it gives anyone who wants to be active the resources they need to maybe begin to improve uh, or to supercharge their activity journey and uh, the Get Active Ireland resource can be found at getirelandactive.ie and delighted to say an ambassador for Get Ireland Active, Jack Cavanagh, uh, joins us. Jack, evening to you. Lovely to be here with you this evening, David. How it's are you? Great to chat to you. I've loads I want to pick your brain about, but we'll get stuck into Get Ireland Active and we, we look at a situation in society where we've so many issues around health and um, everything that goes with it, that this is such a brilliant resource that at the click of your finger you can log on and basically see something that could be in your locality that you'd no idea was there that can get you out, get active and clear the head for whatever space of time
0: Yeah well you've said it so so well yourself, you know there's so many uh, reasons from from chronic health conditions and, and, and emotional and, and men- mental health and well-being there's so many reasons why getting out and active is so important and you know, what's brilliant about this resource is, is that maybe it, it gives you an entry point to, um, to see what's in your area or if you're traveling to a different part of the country to see what's going on there and what's available to you. And and very often there's so many things happening in our local areas that we don't know about um, and this is a great way to engage. And, and, you know, there's an awful lot of focus on on sport and And we talk in the media an awful lot about high-level or elite sports. And um, there's maybe a gap between what we see on the screens and and what happens in our day-to-day lives. And and I think uh, any means of getting out, getting active, getting moving, regardless of of what age you are, regardless of your um, ability or or disability and so on, um, it's important for us all. And the amazing thing from my perspective as a wheelchair user with this new database is that when you go on um, you you find an interactive map with different filters and so on. And what I love about it is I can go on, I love to cycle and use the greenways, for example, and I can filter for accessibility features and find out, you know, um, is there accessible parking or a bathroom that I can access on the route and things like that. And this is very much the beginning of the database. It will improve. Over time, but already you've got over six thousand clubs registered. We've got uh, four thousand activity locations and, and over a thousand uh, running and biking trails. So there's loads to, to get stuck into. Um, uh, places to try out and, and new ways to get out and moving you know and the thing
1: that struck me about it was in a, a cost of living crisis and in a time when people perhaps are penny pinching and quite understandably looking at where their hard earned money goes that's so Like mm. I, I was looking at my locality so much stuff in the area that it's just drop in try this out if you like it stick with it if you don't you can do something else and there is so many free resources available at our disposal that we can reap the benefits of perhaps without even realising and they were there in the first place,
0: and that's just it. And you know, often the the cheapest things in life uh, are are the or, or the, the things that don't really cost any money, or the things that bring us the most fulfilment. Um, and a lot of the the activities or or locations that you can go to do activities um, are are very low cost, if not free. And the beauty of it uh, as well is there's all these secondary benefits that we forget about um, uh, which come with uh, trying new activities. And you've got things like uh, meeting new people and so there's that removal or reduction of social isolation um, and the building of community and friendships. And these kinds of things are really, really important for our overall well-being. And we know know that those those sort of regular um, sort of interactions that we have uh, with people, they bring about sort of low-level positive emotions. And, and in psychology, that creates an upward spiral that they call broaden and build. And so it opens your mind a little bit more and you might be willing to try something else. And you get the support of a community, which is sort of resilience building and all these kind of secondary benefits that come as a byproduct of trying something new or getting engaged with a community or a new activity. And even if, it's if you're just going out and walking uh, a, a new route with your dog, um there's the passing interactions and and these kinds of things that that happen as well so um, so many reasons to to get on and, and, and have a look at what's happening around you yeah you
1: mentioned you're a wheelchair user and and some people might be familiar with your podcast only human you, you have a phenomenal ted talk I, I actually i watched it last night and i watched it again today and like it's i think 12 or 13 minutes and it's really really thought-provoking um you know people might have seen you with, with tommy tiernan and um, you suffered a, a spinal cord injury back in 2012 um I've had so many discussions like this on programmes where we talk about trying to retain young girls in sport and men of a certain age and I, I was thinking a lot over the last 24, 48 hours about have we done enough previously to maintain participation levels for people with disabilities and and that for me you know you touched upon it that's a fairly groundbreaking aspect of, of this project as well.
0: Yeah look um, I was always active before I had uh, the spinal injury I I was involved in all kinds of sports as a kid, but as a teenager, it was a lot of running. I played a lot of rugby, um, and and I really found my space uh, then and my real passion with water sports and and adventure-type sports. Um, And then when I had my injury, you know, so much of that got taken away, and probably what I didn't realize, and and we wouldn't have used this language on it 10, 15 years ago when I was a teenager, is that all of those pursuits that i was doing and those types of activity were really healthy adoption strategies and ways of managing my my stresses and and they they helped me to regulate my mental and emotional well-being as much as my my own physical health and when i had the spinal injury and and uh, my way of interacting with the world changed for the first couple of years a lot of those things got taken away I possibly the most uh, stressful period of my life when I really needed them. And, um, and finding a way back into those sports was, uh, or, or into new types of sports, um, and getting back out into the environments I care about was very much a trial and error um, uh, experience for me. Um, but there's more and more happening um, for people with different disabilities Uh, around the place and the one thing that we know is that um, at at any given point in time between one in five and one in seven of us have some form of disability whether it's visible or invisible and as the health and and lifespan uh, increases, i sorry, as the lifespan increases um, in Western countries we would hope that our health span increases as well but as we all live longer we're all going to acquire different kinds of impairment and disability over time. And so having to think about the types of activities that, that are accessible as your function might change over time is really important. And like Paris Sports Ireland do an amazing job. Um, there is also an organization called Active Disability Ireland and their main remit is educating and upskilling and training Um, activity providers uh, whether it is a gym or a sports club or an outdoor activity club or whatever it is and educating them in terms of how to adapt uh, their existing activity base so that it's more inclusive to people um, of diverse um, physical forms or uh, neurodiversity or whatever it might be Um, and so your point is really well made in that the retention of people who have acquired um, disabilities is, is one, one piece, but there's a whole other side where people are, are born um, with different kinds of disabilities and, um, and engaging with those people from an early age and um, giving them access to the you know the, the health benefits and the quality of life benefits of being active um, just in the way that others get access to those things at a young age and is really important. And in order to do that, we need to think about those people from the grassroots up. We need to take universal design approaches when we're we're building facilities so that they're welcoming for everybody. Um, and these are the kinds of changes that we're, we're we are seeing. And um, I, I would always say the best time to have a spinal injury is tomorrow. The best time, um, uh, and it will always be that way. Um, and the reason for that is look. Things are always progressing um, and and lots of progress um, has been made over the last few years since I acquired my injury and I can see that playing out bit
1: by bit. Yeah, and I, I was reading a book last week, Mickey Coleman, the former Tyrone footballer, had a, a cardiac issue, and he's written a book about his, like it's the Widowmaker heart attack, and he's written a book about his, oh, well, yeah. his recovery, and, and it, it opens with the Confucius quote about we have two lives, and the second begins when we realise we only have one. And for yeah. you, how, how important is the power of mindset? And you, you can... Um, I, I'm, I'm even trying to be delicate with how I phrase this, you can look at yourself as a victim or you can look at yourself as a survivor and you can see a challenge or you can see something that presents a different opportunity. And, and mindset is at the, the core of a lot of this about, you know, opportunities are there if you have the right belief and the right outlook on life.
0: Yeah, well, look, you, you've used a few words that I would pick up on there. and um, yeah, One of them is is challenge. And, and when we choose to see the things that happen in our lives, whether they be curveballs or whatever that come our way in any part of our life, when we take a challenge approach, uh, the evidence is that a challenge-based mindset, um, it brings out more of our internal resources. Um, And it also uh, allows us to tap into our external resources, be it community or whatever it is. Um, and, and so that's a really important distinction between seeing something as, for example, a problem or an obstacle versus a challenge, um, because because challenges are there to be taken on, you know. And and so that's one distinction. But I, another word you used is the word victim. And and you know, in the early days after after I sustained my injury, you know, I spent forty nine days on a ventilator. Um, My diagnosis was was quadriplegic. Um, I have about 15% muscle function. uh, My shoulders, biceps and wrists, no finger function or movement below my armpits. And and I really had to adapt every part of my life um, as a result. And there is a period of time where I definitely ask the question, why me? And I think that's a very natural response. Um, and, and I think many of us find ourselves asking, why me, why us, why now, depending on the scenario. And that's an important starting place because like tough things happen in our lives. And it, that, as a starting point, allows you to sort of face the tough realities of a situation. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't bring you anywhere. And it leaves you, as you said, maybe as a victim or feeling like a victim of a scenario. And after a certain point, I realized that maybe the alternate question is just as valid and started entertaining, well, why not me? And that is where you realize that there's choice. And you do have choice. And they may not be choices you love, but but they are choices. And um, you brought up that, that brilliant quote uh, about... Um, you know we have two lives, and when we realise we only have have one, the second second life begins. And um, there's there's other quote that that I think is amazing, and and it comes from Viktor Frankl, and he says, between stimulus and response, there's a space, and in that space is our freedom to choose our response, and in our response lies um, our growth, and recognising that you have a choice um, that you can adopt a different approach, ask a different question, or take on a slightly different mental framework or or mindset. And these things over time really dictate the outcomes that we have. And it's not something that you adopt once, Um, it's something that you come back to again and again and again in the small moments, whether you say yes I can or no I can't or, or I'm willing to try again when I get something wrong. And I think that's a huge thing, giving yourself the permission to try again, uh, remembering you're a human being and you don't get it right all the time and maybe you need to take uh, another stab at it tomorrow, maybe in a slightly different way. Uh, and so yes, the mindset piece is huge and, and it's recognizing that um, that every day you do get a new chance um to maybe shift that up a little bit
1: can, can I ask you, you you do motivational speaking and I know you you talk to organizations about culture and speak to young people as well and mm. th- how much how much positivity is there in how like i I can never remember a situation where um I would have interacted with somebody with an acquired disability as a very young child, whereas now there are more schemes in place, there's, you know, um, Mm. outreach programmes, you know, and again, I don't even know if normalise is the right word to use, but, like, kids at a young age, they don't see difference, they don't see disabilities, they just see another person who has, you know, who is maybe wired differently than they are or just, you know, the optics are slightly different. Like, do we have a long journey to go around how we talk about disability or how we view disability or are we making fairly seismic steps in the right direction
0: well i think you're you're right on on a number of fronts there like uh, as a as a young
1: and feel free person, to tell me on the ones i'm wrong about as well cuz they're the areas that need to be improved upon yeah
0: well as a young person look i uh, i was really fortunate there was uh one of my classmates was a wheelchair user in primary school as a as a teenager, um, we, we work for people with intellectual disabilities in school. And the reality is, I think more and more and more, um, we are recognizing that disability is a part of life. And um, like I said, between one in five and one in seven people um, uh, have a disability at any one time. And the reality is, is it could be any of us tomorrow. Um, uh, given change of life circumstances and so it is a part of life um what what i think is fascinating now is is that the conversation has shifted you know in times gone by um uh we didn't see people out and about and engaged in in the community and and in life as much as we do now and this is really important because like I said, it could be any one of us. It could be a family member, a friend, and um, whoever it is in your life that, whether it's a neurodiversity or, like I grew up with dyslexia, and um, and and then acquired a spinal injury. But it could be any kind of thing that that is an impairment or or a different way of interacting with the world or or whatever it is. And the more that we have these conversations, and um, uh, the more we break down barriers. One of the things I think is really important, Damien, is um, back in 2020, we had the the women's 2020 uh, strategy, which was, uh, the the tagline was, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, And um, I think the same is true for persons with disabilities, you know. Um, We we see the Paralympics, for example, and very often that is the... uh, the first real exposure people have to um, what people with disabilities are capable of. But that's just, like, one realm. Like, we have incredible uh, uh, people in the creative fields. We have amazing entrepreneurs. Um, and, and in every other part of life, um, there's people with disabilities that, that have wonderful careers, that are doing really important things in the world. Yes, they might need slightly different uh, approach to how they do those things, but they're out there and engaging. Mm. And the more that we see um, these people um, in the media, the more we see them in our in our papers and hear them on the radio and podcasts and see them on on TV. And the stories of their lives and the things that they do are told. The more this is normalised, and 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 um, you know, I would always uh, suggest like an approach of of curiosity over fear or judgment you know um and i'm very often um uh getting curious about about people that are maybe a little bit different than than you Um is important because you realise very often they're human beings and you have a lot more in common than you have that's different, you know? Jack, I'm going to have to leave it there. The, the clock is going to beat
1: us, but we might revisit it at some stage. Thanks so much for being with us. And a reminder as well, getirelandactive.ie is the website. Thanks so much for your time and we we'll look forward to chatting to you again. Absolutely a pleasure. Thanks for having it's me. Jack Jack Havanagh with us there. And, uh, yeah, as mentioned, getirelandactive.ie uh, is the website to access all of those resources.